Blog Talk Radio. Hey, this is Zach Efron, and you're listening to The Stupid Cancer Show. I hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <laughs> Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Because he has a lot of chutzpah. <laughs> Hello there, children. Hey, hey, kids. <laughs> People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. And now, the hosts of the Stupid Cancer Show, Lisa Bernhard and Matthew Zappi. Woohoo! Monday, November 28th, and welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am Matthew Zachary, a 15-year young adult survivor of pediatric brain cancer. And I'm Lisa Bernhardt, 16-year young adult breast cancer survivor, and we're your host for the Stupid Cancer Show. It's not okay. Not okay. That 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer every year, so got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? It's time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world. One chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show, one of our favorites. You know it, you love it. Music makes the people. We've got Brandon Schott, a young adult survivor of testicular cancer, singer-songwriter, and singer-songwriter-author Laura Rope. She's a survivor of triple, triple negative breast cancer. Joining us in the spotlight, Melinda Hood. She's a fantastic advocate and member of our I2Y universe, young adult survivor of uterine cancer, and a special call-in guest star, Lindsay Miller. Young little survivor of pancreatic cancer and viral YouTube sensation. She's the girl who asked Joey Gordon-Levitt out on a date. The star of 50-50, she's going to tell us how that's going. The Stupid Cancer Show is a production of the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation. Online all day, every day at stupidcancer.com. We are not your father's cancer society. And we are bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight where it belongs. So, welcome aboard another fun and exciting romp to the hay on tonight's Stupid Cancer Show, where remission is not a cure and survivorship is all that matters. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to any and all of our first-time listeners here on the Blog Talk Radio Network and on iTunes as we broadcast live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. As a reminder, the Stupid Cancer Show has a live interactive chat room during every show. We invite you to join in the fun, connect with our friends, and ask questions of our guests. And with that, happy post-Thanksgiving. Happy post-Thanksgiving to you, Matthew. We have Mr. Kenny Kane in the house. What and up, what Kenneth. Up? And Reverend Dr. James Manning. Hello, Matt. James P. Manning. Something like what that. What does the P stand for? Uh, well, later. Persifield. <laughs> it takes too much time, um, later. Hello, James. Persnickety. Uh, it's a family name, but I won't go into it. Okay. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Perspirant. Fine. How are you? I'm good. Perspirant, like an antiperspirant. Correct. James Speaking of which, it's hot as hell in here. It is hot in here. 
It's very hot. Yeah. It's like the opposite of the Ed Sullivan Theater. Right, where Letterman's freezing. Yeah. yeah, every day. In many ways, temperature, humor, quality of jokes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, we're the opposite hey now. of yes, the David exactly. Letterman show. Exactly. We need to stop doing the show in a Beacom Yoga studio. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Right. Anyway, how was your Thanksgiving, Lisa? What'd it you do? It was lovely. I saw lots of family, my parents, my aunt. My were you uncle. up at home? Yes. And in the bunker. No. Um. I was going to say no turkey. No catastrophic weather event destroyed your cities. It's been like Phoenix in the neck of the woods. Gorgeous. It's, it's been gorgeous. An, an unbelievable. Unbelievable. 65 degrees. Yeah, I know. We're hitting December almost. It was 73 yesterday when I took my kids to the park. Is that right? Yeah. 73 it's hot out there in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a desert. Yeah. Kenny, what'd you do? You went to AC. I did. Well, I had a, I had a great Thanksgiving and a better Blackout Friday. Nice. Followed by a lovely weekend at the showboat in Atlantic City. Very nice. Did yeah. you win? Uh, I did not win. Did you score? Um... The slots were great. Oh, <laughs> the geez. slots were great. Oh, jeez. And Dr. Manning? I was in Nashville at home with extended family and my little niece. Oh, so it was wonderful. Very nice. Uncle, you are an Uncle James. I am an Uncle James. Uncle James. I forget he's a Southern boy. He is a Southern boy. He got a little draw. How could draw. you forget? He got a, yeah, he's got a draw sometimes. I know. It's, it's New there. Yorkified, though, a little it's, bit. Yes, yeah, definitely New Yorkified. So speaking of uh, Blackout Friday, yep. uh, yet again, this country has bestowed upon itself the honor of being the stupidest land on the planet Earth. Because not in I, a good way, like our show. Not in a good way. Not in a good way. I, I don't understand the the mentality of the American who has to go shopping on Friday to save sixty cents <laughs> on a useless piece of shit you don't need in the first place. Matthew, times are tough. I'm quite guilty every nickel, of that. Every nickel counts, I suppose. No, I'm totally with you. Don't get it. But this this mob mentality, right. how does that happen? And every year someone gets shot or stabbed or thrown to the ground. This year, pepper sprays the new black. Right. And then I saw that um, uh, they were fighting over a $2 waffle iron. At Walmart. It's, always, it's always Walmart. But you know what? You know how hard it is to find a good waffle? <laughs> I haven't eaten a really good waffle in a really, really no, long time. No, this is a real story. Everyone has to Google $2 waffle iron. You'll see a bunch of news stories about this video of people clamoring like wild wolves, fighting as if they're looking for the antidote to the venom they were injected with. <laughs> That's quite a, quite a description. Think about it. Insane. Everybody feels good. That mentality of feeling good, getting a deal... But at what price? At what cost? Pepper I, spray? I mean, two stampede. years ago, someone died at Walmart in Long yeah. Island. Yeah. And it's, it is always Walmart. You're right. You never hear of a stampede at Saks. Or, or Target. Yeah. Or Macy's. Nobody ever gets... It's always Walmart. Yeah, it is. They have a bad reputation. They should sponsor this show and redeem say, lost themselves. An, lost another sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Man, all right. Well, um, so that was pretty much... I just wanted to mention that because I'm just so... It irks me. It really irritates me. Because we're me. trying to keep people alive... From disease, we don't want to see you get stampeded at Walmart. I mean, like, where is your perspective on life and this world? You could save just as much 60 cents on your freaking $2 waffle iron on Cyber Monday through Amazon than by going to Walmart. Is that what you did? I wasn't a waffle iron, but yes, I spent $2. I'd like a waffle iron. Okay. Could you get that to Can me? Your, your gift is not a waffle iron. All right. Excellent. I'll get the syrup. But it is worth $2. Tired of buying frozen waffles. It, it's a four loco. Yes. A <laughs> frozen for a loco. That'd probably be deliciously yeah. intense. It's very intense. Very intense. Um, all right, so let's just kick off the show. We have, we a have great our, show. our in-studio guest. Let's uh, welcome her aboard, and she's going to get the. Uh, 
She's going to hear this song. I'm going to do the honors here. Oh, nice. Oh, what do I do? Do I rap the the, uh, the Little John part, or do I introduce Melinda Hood? Lisa has a penchant for rapping. Tough. Yes. I would say you have to introduce Melissa. All right. Melinda. Melinda, Melinda Hood is a young adult survivor of uterine cancer, a Vermont native who transplanted to New York 10 years ago. She works as a visual researcher and archive director for a stock footage library. Her work can be seen in the Sundance Award-winning documentary, Chicago 10, and the Emmy-nominated documentary, His Way, among others. She's also an active member of the New York City chapter of I'm Too Young for This and a member of Team Stupid Cancer Half Marathon. Whoa, she shames us. She did it last year. When she's not kicking cancers, but she's busy living. As an active member of the New York City stage combat community performing in off-off-Broadway theater productions. I can't wait to hear more about that. All right. Welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show, Melinda Hood. Who Hi. can now clearly kick our ass. <laughs> yeah. Are you a black belt also? No. No. Are you sure? Yeah. All right, because I'm scared. I have a like like a leather black belt, but not anything beyond oh. that. Nice. Well, you're yeah. supposed to lie to us. And scare the crap out of us. She has a fashionable black belt. Yes, but yes, she's trying to say. I mean, forget your belt. cancer story. What the hell is uh, the New York City stage combat community? Um, stage combat is an aspect of theater where you know you're fighting with weapons, you know, swords. Oh, cool. Unarmed, that sort of thing. Real swords. Real swords. Not sharp. Not like air swords. Not no. Pretend. No. Like they're lightsabers. Yeah. Plastic lightsabers. Right. Yeah. No. They're um, they're real swords. They're not sharp. Um, because, you know, it's a bit right. easier to hurt someone that way. Sure. But, um, yeah, rapiers, broadsword, um, I've done quarterstaff. E-pays. So are there yeah. actual storylines around this? Or yeah. you just get up there and swipe at just each other? Just beat the crap out of each other. Yeah. Uh, no, it's like um, in, like, Shakespeare productions and stuff. Like, yeah. if you're ever reading a Shakespeare fight you know, or a Shakespeare play. I read a few of those. Yeah, he just yeah. always kind of has it in, like, they fight. Right. Well, these are the actual fights. So you do extract them from Shakespearean plays and other plays, or you actually do the Shakespeare? How does that work? Um, do you're whole play. dead, Macbeth. <laughs> Et tu, Brute? It depends on the production that you're doing. I've done things where it's um, where we've choreographed, because uh, it's all choreography, kind of like dance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done different things where we have had just like a setup where it's just a fight choreographed to music, and there's a storyline that's all told through the fighting. And then there's been um, other stuff where it's more scripted. Like, you are doing a scene from Shakespeare. Like, it might have been, like, the uh, the Helena Hermia fight in A Midsummer Night's Dream, something like that. So you said, I got uterine cancer, and God damn it, I want to do some combat community performing with rapiers. I need to beat some people up. Yes. Yeah, it was... Um, I started doing stage combat. It was because um, after I had surgery, I was, you know, you're not... You know, it's kind of major. You're not, you know, my doctor told me you can't really do anything for about, you know, six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, so it was something that I kind of took up after that. And it just became like a great way to get uh, physically active again after having surgery. And it's just, there's just an amazing community of people involved. So let's back up though. Let's go to the uterine the cancer whole diagnosis. Thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I got diagnosed in the summer of 2008. How old were you? I was 27 at the time. What were you doing? I was uh, working and at the job I have now. Like I was, living your life. Yeah, like living my life. I was about to start um, my first summer as a member of the performance company at the New York Renaissance Fair. And a w- I had no idea she had this background. <laughs> wow. We have cool people I in love this organization. This. <laughs> Not us, but other cool people. Yeah, and then um, a week before uh, we were supposed to open, I was told, um, 
you have cancer, you have to have surgery. Wait, 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 yeah. Um, My symptoms were basically, I was having ridiculously heavy periods, like to the point where um, it was just completely disrupting my life. Like, I couldn't go to work because I'm like, um, what, am I going to bring, like, three pairs of pants to work with me because I'm having these issues? Wow. And, were like... You, were you misdiagnosed or taken seriously, or...? No, I was I was taken seriously, but it was, like, when I first went to the doctors, they're just like, oh, well, here, we're going to put you on the pill. We don't really notice anything normal, um, abnormal, and, you know, you're young, you're healthy. And those words literally came out of my doctor's mouth, yeah. followed by, I'm not worried, don't you be worried. See, that's a tough thing, because you can have young adults, females, have heavy periods all the time. Yeah. I mean, so that's just a kind of a common symptom that can happen, to your doctor's point, of otherwise being young and healthy. Yeah, so I went to the doctors. Um, they put me on the pill. They're like, we're going to do some diagnostic tests. They had me go in for um, a transvaginal ultrasound. How, lo- how long, though, did these periods last like this? They Well, what the real problem started was is... Like, I would have them really, really heavy for, like, five days, and then two weeks later, it would start all over again. Oh, yeah. That was... So, irregular as well. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, irregular as well. And so, I had, um, like, they put me on the pill, and that did absolutely nothing. Hmm. And so... I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> so, like I... Like a Robitussin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I called my... I Surprisingly, they didn't give you birth control for brain tumor. <laughs> <laughs> there really is no male birth control except like really, yeah. really. Put this condom on your yeah, head. Exactly. Well, I told you what mine's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> my, my my giant ugly beard that I'm going to grow. The ginger long. beard. Yes. <laughs> so Melinda, okay, so yeah, so then what happened? So how many days passed between? There's nothing wrong with you, and then oops. It, it was about a month because you know you go on the pill and it's supposed to start working and right. it made absolutely no difference whatsoever. So I called my doctor and I was like, look, this is a problem. And I ended up getting a different doctor because my doctor was on vacation. And that doctor called me in and did, like, an exam the next day and said, yeah, this really isn't right. So he took me in and did what's called a DNC. Sure. Which is, is basically a democratic national Yeah, it convention? sounds like it, okay. but it's a common thing if you're a woman. Yeah. You and get to know about that. It's yeah, lovely. Yeah. yeah lot, lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then... Don't want to know. Yeah, I got a call three days later. They go in there and probe around. Yeah, yeah, very essentially, comfortable. very yeah. comfortable. Um, and then a couple of days later, my doctor called me and said, y- y- you know, when I was in there doing, you know, this, um, things just didn't look right. So I sent some samples to the lab. And wait, you sent samples to the lab? My doctor sent okay, samples okay. to the lab. Yeah, like that's really. She can do a lot, but that. maybe not, not, not yeah. quite that much. Yeah, no, 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 not that. Yeah. Um, and so he called me while I was at work and was, you know, told me, I want you to come into the office tomorrow. I think you have cancer. Oh, oh. God. This happened while I was at work. Wow. So you're at work and you get a phone call of the doctor saying, I think you have cancer. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what time do you want me to come in tomorrow? Um, anytime's good for me. Just let me know when you want me to come in. And I went in the next day and sat down. What did you did you leave work at that moment? What did you do? Um, it, it was towards the end of my work day. Okay. And my boss happened, you know, I hung up the phone, and my boss happened to walk by my desk, and she's like, are you okay? You don't look good. And so I was like, I need to talk to you, because I was, like, freaking yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not, it was just like, we need to talk. I think you have cancer. And so I went in, um, like, I talked to my boss, and she just like, and she kind of helped me calm down a little bit. 
and said, um, you know what, just go home. I'll see you tomorrow. Just, just go home. Yeah. She's like, if you don't want to come in tomorrow, you don't have to, but if you do, that's fine. And here's some liquor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was drinking that night. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then so the next day I went into the doctor's office, and um, he was like, yeah, you have, you have cancer. Um, and I was like, well, I had a pap smear. How come that didn't? Right. You know, how come that didn't come back? And he's like, oh, well, because it's cervical. Yeah. As opposed to uterine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I got that all explained to me. And he's like, yeah. Um, I, and first thing that he did assure me of is he's like, because they caught it early. They caught it stage one. Good. So he's like, you're not, this is completely treatable. You're not going to die. Because, you know, I had right. a thousand things racing through my head. He went right there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a very long walk home <laughs> that day. Huh. Um, like, just. So you were by yourself, no family or anybody around? Yeah, no, I'm I'm from Vermont. I don't right. have any family down here. I yeah. have, you know, a great um uh a, a a great circle of friends. Um my boyfriend at the time was incredibly supportive and um yeah, I went home and my boyfriend was waiting there and um he was just like so and he knew that when I walked in the door and I had obviously looked cuz I was crying the entire way yeah. home. And cuz it's it's hard, you know, you're told you're 27, not only it's like um, not only you have cancer, but you have cancer, and we have to take out your uterus so you can't have kids. Right. And At least they told you. I know people that like have the operation without being told they're having the operation. Oh. Yeah. That's true. Like they went in for something else, and like, oh, gotta get rid of this. No consent. Yeah. So you're lucky in that fashion, but it still sucks. Yeah, and I think almost harder for me than being told that I had cancer was telling my family. Yeah. Because, like, the whole time I was walking home, I was like, how am I going to tell this to my parents? So you didn't call anybody, you didn't call your family until after you got the definite diagnosis. After I got the definite. So that first night when I, we think, I think you have, you just, you dealt with that on your own yeah. or with your boyfriend. Yeah, but, yeah. I, yeah, I dealt with that with my boyfriend, and um, it was, like, he was really great. Like, he was, you know, trying to, you know, they don't know, you just told you might. Right. And so just try to have, like, a nice, relaxing evening at home that ha. did involve significant <laughs> amounts of liquor. Yeah. But, um, Sounds like a good night. Yeah. Um, and then th- uh, the next day when I was told that, yes, you have cancer. And just I remember I didn't – I was like, oh, my, I'm like, I, I couldn't think of how to tell my parents because I knew that, like, if I called and I started talking that I was just going to start crying. So um, – which is okay. Yeah, which is okay. <laughs> and, um, and everybody would understand that. <laughs> yeah, so I text, I texted my twin sister and said, um, can you call me? I really need to talk to you. And she... She's like, got a twin. That's another thing I didn't know about yeah, Melinda Hood. I have Hood. a twin sister. Yes. <laughs> wow. um, and so I texted my twin sister. And then in the meantime, while I was waiting for her to get back to me, I called my older sister and just like got the two of them on the phone at the same time. And it was like... Um, I was just told that I have cancer. Can you guys tell mom and dad? Yeah. Um, so they, like, they told my parents for me. Because that's one of those, like, I, like it's something I didn't want to tell my parents over the phone. Yeah. And um, and then after they told my parents, my parents called me. And it was, uh, like, me trying to reassure my parents, I'm not going to die. Yeah. But it was, it like, my, um, my mom and my, and my older sister came down from Vermont that weekend and, like, spent the weekend with me because I think um, th- they really wanted to make sure that I was okay. But uh, the night that I was diagnosed, um, like, a couple of my friends came over, you know, a couple of bottles of wine in hand and just kind of, like, talked everything out. And, like I said, like, I don't have any family down here, but my uh, my friends were just incredibly supportive of everything. How were your sisters on that first phone call when you told them? Um, they, 
Were there tears? Were there like, what, what, how did it, what, what happened? They were in shock because it's not something, um, it, they were just in, in shock, incredibly supportive, but in shock. And, yeah. it, um, you know, I, they're like, of course we'll tell mom and dad, you know, how do you, you know, is there anything you want us to specifically say? I said, well, you know, you can lead with the I have cancer, but also I'm not going to die. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to pick this up in just a just a minute, Matthew. Right? We're going to have Melinda's here in the studio with us, so she's going yeah, to chime in. Yeah, you're here in. all night. Yes. You we want to hear more about your documentaries like, and your other work and where you are now, health wise. I want to know how many people good. you kicked the ass of. <laughs> you are like a. a I think she's lost count by this point. She's a machine. Yeah. And she runs marathons and puts us all to shame. I know. That's craziness. Half well, marathons. Well, we so, have a we have a very special guest. We have a, we have a caller on the line. <laughs> Someone called into the show tonight. Yes. No, I we we made mention of this last week, and I had to find her. I had to get to know her, and I had to get her on the show because she's created a stir, a buzz, uh, a whirly kajigger. Over three <laughs> whirly kajigger. <laughs> Over three hundred thousand YouTube hits. Uh, three hundred thousand uh, video uh, YouTube views right. on her video. Um, I'll just cue up some uh, some good music here, and I'll say Lindsay Miller, Lindsay Ann Miller, uh, recently became uh, internet famous as we just mentioned for asking out Joseph Gordon-Levitt from the movie Fifty Fifty. Uh, she's 26, has pancreatic neuroendocrine cancer. She blogs about it at IamAliver.com and is a grad student studying urban planning in LA. I'm really excited to have her on the show. I'm glad she could accommodate us, Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing? I'm doing good. We are really excited to have you on the show. It's a big deal. Thanks. I uh I'm excited to be here. No, and uh just for our listeners out there, I want to play them the YouTube video. It's only 38 seconds, but I want everyone to hear what you put online on November okay. 14th. So this is Lindsay online. Uh here we go. Hi, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I am Lindsay Ann Miller, and I recently saw 50-50. I think I identified with your character more than most people because I'm 26 and I have cancer. Even though I look healthy, dating has been a little difficult because I'm not sure how to explain what I've been going through. But after a year of living with this, I've decided to get back on the dating scene, and I'd like my first date to be with you. Maybe you could call it my make-a-wish, but let's not be overdramatic. Just a cup of coffee with you would make me happy. That was awesome. <laughs> well, I, I have to ask you, you got balls of steel. Um, did you, were you inspired by the, was it the Justin Timberlake thing that was going on? Or you just, we're going to do this anyway? I, I, uh, I had heard about that, and I guess it was sort of a... Um, sort of an inspiration in that. Oh, maybe this could work. But I, when I, when I started planning it with my friend, I, I didn't know about it yet. So once we got further along and thinking about it, and I was thinking about, am I actually going to do this? Then those videos helped me uh, get the guts to actually post it. So seeing that others, just in case there are people who don't know, it was the it was a woman from was it in the Marines? Who was it? They yeah, were both out, in the Marines. Yeah, just yeah, they were both. Mila Kunis. Yeah. And a and a woman asked out Justin Timberlake. Right. And they both went, yeah, right? They to, did. to dances. 
Yeah. So similar, similar scenario. So you had this idea with your friend, and then once you got in the planning stages, you found out that these other videos existed? Right. Okay. So I, I want to briefly hear about your story. Um, pancreatic cancer in young adults is incredibly rare. Uh, I know you were listening in the show when Melinda was talking about a story. Were you told it's nothing, go home? Um, sort of. My my first uh, my first symptoms were heartburn about about six months before I was diagnosed. Um, I suddenly started getting really bad heartburn no matter what I ate. So. So I went into the doctor, and the doctor was like, everyone has heartburn, here are some pills, you know. And then and then about maybe four months after that, I started um, feeling nauseous and throwing up frequently. So, so it was at that point that I went, well, I had to wait until I had health insurance again. Um, well, I had I had to wait until I started school and was on that health insurance plan. And at that point, I went to the doctor and said, "These are all my symptoms." Um, and at the first appointment, they were like, "Oh, it's probably stress because I was in the middle of a big move and I started grad school and all all this stuff was happening." Um, and they they took me off birth control because they thought it could have been birth control, and they had me um, make a diary of what I was eating. Um, but I was, it was pretty quickly diagnosed from that first appointment. And how long ago was that that you were diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed last October, and I saw last October 25th, um, 2010, and I saw the doctor for the first time about a month before that, so it took about a month. Okay. So when did you see the movie? Uh, I saw the movie a few weeks before it came out. I went to a screening of it for cancer uh, patients. Where was the screening? I'm curious. Um, it was at, it was in L.A. at Westside Pavilion. I think we had our crew there. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> that's funny. We were a part of several screenings, including a big one at the Grove um, oh. in uh, late September. So what did you think of the film? Well, I originally I didn't want to see it because from the preview I thought this is going to be like all of the rest of the media about cancer out there. And... Um, but then, but then I got a chance to go through to a free screening, and some friends were going. And I was like, okay, why not? I'll just I'll I'll go see it, and then I can blog about it. Um, and it, I ended up really liking it. It was it was funny. It was um, it was really sad at times, and I just thought it was. It was definitely not a stereotypical cancer movie, and um, I think that speaks—you know—it yeah. speaks so much for the film. I mean, I don't know about you, Matthew, but for me, I don't think I could see anybody in any hospital gear or any uh, anywhere on television or in film for probably five years after my diagnosis. No medical shows, couldn't handle it. Nothing, couldn't even, didn't even, just the sight of somebody just in an emergency room, an OR, 
a doctor's office. Come to think of it, I, I think I stopped watching ER I, after I, I was yeah, diagnosed. ER, couldn't do it. Any Anything, I, I just couldn't go near any of it. Right. So um, I well, admire you, Lindsay, that you actually uh, had the nerve. But I also think that it's true that this film is so different than everything else that was out there and that use of humor and irreverency and so speaking to the young adults, I would imagine, certainly helped. So what what's up for you now? Where are you in your treatments? And um, have you heard from Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> I have not heard from him yet. The million-dollar question. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, not heard from him yet, uh, so still waiting on that. But in terms of my treatments, um, I had a surgery um, in December, last December, to to remove, I had a tumor in my pancreas, and then it had metastasized to my liver. So I had half of my pancreas removed, half of my liver, and then spleen and the gallbladder came with it. Um, and then last spring I started... So they're all gone. Spleen, gallbladder, half the liver, and half the pancreas. Who needs them? They're gone. Who out of needs them? Out of them. there. They're sigil. <laughs> Get them out. Yep. Yeah, all gone. All so, gone. Um, Useless so still... organs, all. <laughs> right. So I still have um I still have tumors in in the other half of my liver and uh so I started on an oral oral chemotherapy regimen. Um I I started on one last April that wasn't working and then I quickly started on another um regimen in I think it was April or May, very soon after that, that has been working. So Wait, I have to, I have to. Ask, do you still have your ovaries? I do still have my ovaries. Oh, right, you one up on Melinda right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you my gallbladder for your ovaries. Right, exactly. It's, it's how many, we, uh, Lindsay, we we and and Melinda, we have a talks on the show about how many organs do you not need to live, and what could they possibly remove that you could still function in society as a human being. You need one lung, one kidney, you have a pancreas, no ovaries, you don't need your breasts. And if you're a chef, you don't even need your stomach, no, as you we learned stomach, last week on the show. No, yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah. You just be a hollow carcass with a brain. As <laughs> Lewis Black says, meat with eyes. I'm going to start an eBay store <laughs> make some money on the side. <laughs> so, um... I, right. I, I, I want to know, though, is pancreatic neuroendocrine, neuroendocrine cancer, is that a sort of a sub... A subdivision, as you will, uh, if you will. Good Lord, I'm having a lot of trouble speaking tonight. Um, Lisa's on the, on the bottle tonight. Yeah, I know, as usual. So, what what is that specifically? I mean, we well, obviously go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm not. I. It's a it's a rare type of pancreatic cancer. I think about. I think 95 percent of the cases of pancreatic cancer are the. Um, I'm forgetting the name right now, but it's. The the type that everyone gets is 95% of the cases, and then 5% of the cases are these other other more rare types of pancreatic cancer. So, um, so, so pancreatic... if you're gonna do it, do it right. You got the rarest of the rare <laughs> cancer, right? At the um, rarest so, age to get it, right? Uh, it normally strikes males uh, in their 60s, so. Like Steve Jobs. Pretty much the opposite of that. Um, Female at 26. So it, right. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it's a little slower growing than uh, regular pancreatic cancer, and 
um, it it it's hormonal. Um, the the tumors secrete certain hormones. It depends on which type of neuroendocrine cancer you have. But my um, my tumors were were producing uh, gastrin, which is stomach acid, basically. So that helped, I think that contributed to the heartburn and the gastrointestinal problems I was having. So wait, so how optimistic are you that you will receive a response from JGL? Um, <laughs> have you tweeted well, him? Have you, have you been trending? The tw- anybody tweeting at him? His tweet is Hit Record Joe. That's his Twitter right. yeah. name. Yeah. Have you bothered him in any other way? Bes- and I say bothered with love. Have you bothered him in any other way <laughs> besides pitch, YouTube? Pitch the tent outside right. his house. Occupy oh, yes. JGL. He's, he's been notified on uh, on Twitter. Um, also, I've heard from several. Uh, journalists that have talked to him that 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 told him about it, so he knows about it. Um, have you been interviewed before? Uh, because uh, obviously there was huge press pickup for your viral YouTube video. Have you have yeah. you spoken to many of the media? Yeah, before? I was on. Um, I was I was interviewed by a couple of newspapers, and I was on NBC LA. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to hunt him down, but we actually are, uh, are out of time. I wanted to just, you know, this is sort of quick and, and ad hoc and spur of the moment, but you are a rock star, and we're so excited that you got a chance to come on the show. People are rooting for you all over the country. You have no idea. Um, and uh, if we have any power over the situation, we will do our best to, to make it happen. Uh, I think it would be epic if you got that date with him. Well, thank you very much. It He's was awfully cute. Was he is very really cute. Yeah. All right, Lindsay, thank you so much. I would love to connect you with our Los Angeles people. You'll get along famously with them. They'll love you, and you'll have a great time. Okay, sounds good. All right, thank Thanks, you. Lindsay. Lindsay Miller, I am a liver.com. Great blog. Great blog. All right, let's breeze through the news here really quickly and bring out Brandon. So here's the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Lovely. I'm getting ready. Lovely. During this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we announce to our listeners a whole bunch of newsworthy programs, events, and services that we don't want you missing out on. And they're all free, and they're all just for young adults with cancer. Things like conferences, happy hours, retreats, kayaking, and mountain climbing trips, finance webinars, college scholarships, bar crawls, concerts, tweet-ups, support groups, and more. If you have something coming up that you'd like us to talk about during this part of the show, please shoot us an email to info at stupidcancer.com. That's info at stupidcancer.com. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.com, your one-stop shop calendar for all of our social and educational events nationwide. Stay in the loop because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we certainly don't want you missing out. What's up, KK? We have a lot going on this week. Uh, Tuesday night in Buffalo, Wednesday night in D.C. Metro and North New Jersey. We have Thursday night here in New York City. And next Tuesday in Denver Metro. Are those happy hours, sir? They are all Stupid Cancer happy hours. Awesome. Amazing. Go to the, events.stupidcancer.com Alright, the Stupid Cancer Forums announces every week, it keeps growing like wildfire, have over 1,200 members right now. This is your premier online community to connect with survivors, patients, parents, and caregivers just like you. Visit stupidcancerforums.com and sign up with one click today through Facebook. Announcing Team Stupid Cancer, our official running team for the New York City Half Marathon got beat, actually with our crew, Feeder Optional. 
Join the hippest running team within a one-block radius of our office. Guaranteed entry, low fundraising minimums, and help young adults fight stupid cancer. Melinda Hood did it. She's here in studio. 12 point how many miles? What's half marathon? I can't do my math that 13.1. Oh, yes. That's right. 13.1. Visit TeamStupidCancer.com today. Slots are still available. It has been just about a little over a week since we opened registration for the 5th Annual OMT Cancer Summit for Young Adults in Vegas, and over 200 people have signed up to go. This Wait. event is going to fill up extremely quickly, so visit OMG2012.org and don't miss your chance to join 500 of your fellow young adult survivors at the Palms Casino Resort next March for the most highly anticipated healthcare event of next year, says us. Also, <laughs> check out the OMG Players Club, an exciting new fundraising challenge where you could earn up to $600 in travel reimbursement and even a brand new iPad. And that is your Stupid Cancer News. Oh, I forgot to chime in on that with you, Matthew. That's okay. I'm here in the chat room trying to get everybody geared up for OMG. All right, Brandon is going to get Rickrolled. Nice. I'm not sure he's going to like that much. I don't really care what he thinks. Right. Oh, he's online. Hey, Brandon. No, as a young adult survivor of testicular cancer, Brandon shot his half nuts. Los Angeles-based singer-songwriter recently released his fourth record, 13 Satellites, after the quiet catharsis that was his 2009 post-cancer reflection dandelion. Brandon celebrates life with his most vibrant and playful collection to date. On Tuesday, November 29th, he releases his stupid cancer charity single, Yellowbird, which we will be playing tonight live on the air in collaboration with Amy Petty with all proceeds benefiting stupid cancer. Please welcome to the Stupid Cancer Show. Brandon shot. Brandon shot. Brandon. Hello, hello. Wow, that, what a, I, I can't think of any other interview I've ever done that's, that's, that I've been rickrolled on. That was awesome. <laughs> we do our best what, here. What a way to set a tone. This is going to be epic now. A tone of sorts. What <laughs> kind of tone, we're not sure, yeah. but that's a tone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. How tired of you being called half nuts, by the way? You know what? Never been called that. Oh, Never been called. No, wow. I had I had testicular cancer in my chest. Oh, how do you like that's that? Right. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah. Brandon's been on the show before. Yes, this is the yes. third time on the show, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Once yeah. With in, in my chest, and uh, no surgery required, thank, thankfully. So. And what about in your testicles? No, nothing there. You had lung cancer in your testicles. <laughs> <laughs> Way to mix it up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, this is your third time on the show, and we, we're really excited because you are just one of the most prolific working musicians I've ever known. <laughs> well, it, the, I, I've, been, I've been blessed that the, the, the songs keep coming, so I'm going to keep putting them out. We know a lot of unemployed musicians. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. it, it's, not, it's not the most lucrative of professions, but, he's but also it is got the most wife. spirited. Yeah. He's got kids. He's got a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's amazing. Aren't most of those I, unemployed mu- musicians down in Zuccotti Park? <laughs> no, they clear those guys out. Okay, good. Wait, <laughs> oh, Brandon. Question from the chat room: How do you get testicular cancer in your chest? That's a good question. Um, the way that it was described to me was was you know when when your your uh, embryonic your your reproductive um, cells start out in your chest and as you develop they they migrate down uh, to where they're they're meant to be. Well, in my case, a couple just uh, hung out in my lungs, and I guess they've been there my whole life. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, five years ago, just started uh, reproducing. So my primary mass was just behind my sternum. So, so did you actually have anything, on all seriousness, in your testicles? Nope. So that no, area they, per they, se they was all it. clear. 
they checked that uh, about uh, every three months or so for a year just to make sure. But no, there was they, they, there was no sign of anything. I've got it. I've got what? it. I've got the worst oh, no. joke of the year. You had Uh-oh. chesticular cancer. <laughs> That's good. I'm going to use that. <laughs> um, I like what, that. And, and what about what about lymph nodes? No. Do they? No, every, and do they have to just sort of scan lymph nodes everywhere then? Well, they they, whole... I mean, they gave me they gave me a full body uh, scan, sure. you know, when when I was first diagnosed, and every every visit I had with my um, with my doctor, they checked you know my lymph nodes, and there was never any issues there. So, uh, yeah, it was just just the the one issue. I mean, it was it was stage three by the time they caught it because it had spread to my lungs, but but uh, the primary mass was was not not on my lungs. Now this was three years ago. I'm coming up on my four-year anniversary. Good for you, uh, buddy. Remission as of uh, yeah, four years, uh, 2008, February 2008. So good, good for you. Now we ask all the musicians on the show, like, uh, how did this diagnosis affect your writing style? Most musicians were writing before they were diagnosed, of course. And uh, <laughs> you know, this is your fourth album coming out now. Have you clearly been able to see an arc in the way you think about composition? Um. You know, I, I think you kind of touched on it earlier in, in the introduction. I mean, I, I, I have never written so much in my life <laughs> as I have in the last four years. Um, you know, the the, the uh, you know something about my experience just tapped me into something within myself that uh, you know I've I've not quite seen the likes of in my career. And uh, you know, uh, the 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 record that I did. Um, just after my recovery was was a record called Dandelion, and that was very steeped in in that whole experience. And now with with Thirteen Satellites, you know, it, it, there, there's definitely been an arc. It's like there was the reflection, and 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 now there's kind of a, a celebration. And and uh, you know, I, I've never uh, I've never had so much fun making music, and and uh, and finding the joy in it again, and 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 the spirit in it again, and and. Um, yeah, so Brandon, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. Tell us more about your career in terms of where you perform. Has your music gotten picked up and played other places? Sort of sketch out for us your 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 career musically. Um, well, as as Matthew said, this is my fourth record, and I have a, a number of, of standalone singles also on iTunes as well. But um, you know, I, I I primarily play in the, the southeast or the southwest region. Um, mostly in LA, as Matthew said, I have a family, so I try to to stay close to home as much as possible. Um, you know, I do um, you know shows here and there. I just played Austin. We're playing Phoenix in a couple weeks, and uh, you know San Francisco and, and San Diego, and, and uh, I have family to... back. Oh yeah. I, I have I have family in Virginia as well, so I try to play there as much as I can when I can. So. Do you try to write commercially as well, say for anything, you know, background music on shows or ads or anything like that, or is it mainly uh, live performance? I mean, I've been kind of breaking into that world a little bit. I'm actually scoring my first film. I'm doing a documentary. Uh, I actually just did my last cue um, over the weekend for that, and it's a film called Good Virus, um, which is uh, hopefully coming out sometime early to mid next year. Good Virus. And. Good Virus, yeah. You can find out about it at goodvirus.org. It's a documentary on uh, kindness. Ah. So let's get to this song, Yellowbird. Talk to us about this because we're going to play it on the air. Okay. 
Um, well, Yellowbird um, it was was something that came to be. Uh, it's actually the first song, uh, 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 well, the only song I've ever written uh, with somebody I've never met. <laughs> we were introduced uh, by a mutual friend of ours. Um, Amy Petty is in New Hampshire, and uh, we had a mutual friend who's fans of both of our works and introduced us and thought we could write something well together. And uh, so we gave it a go, and you know, 48 hours later we had a song, and a week and a half later we had a uh, recording. And uh, it came together really quickly, and it was done for uh, another... Um, Another project that uh, that, that um, didn't uh, didn't end up coming to fruition. So we wanted to put the song to a good home and have it stand for something that's uh, important to us and and larger than us. And uh, that's where the stupid cancer community comes into play. Well, awesome. And uh, we're going to cut away to the song. This is Yellow Bird. Is it a single or is it from an album? It's a single. It's a full-on standalone single. And it comes out tomorrow on iTunes and uh, digitally. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys will be able to, to 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 buy it tomorrow. All proceeds going to to uh, Stupid Cancer. And that website right. is uh, music.stupidcancer.com. This is Yellowbird by Brandon Schaub and Amy Petty.
Well done. That is a very, very lush, beautiful-sounding song, Brandon. What's t- talk to us about the um, the music in the background. Has that um, symphonic kind of sound? I uh, I recorded it at home. Um, the I had uh, it was a, a marathon nine-hour session on a on a Sunday uh, in my home studio, and did uh, you know did the layering myself, and I had my friend Billy Hahn uh, play drums on it, and then. Uh, and um, Amy and I threw down our vocals and the background vocals, and, and that was it. Beautiful. Amazing. Thank you so much. So normally we'd ask you what else is in store, but this is brand new. So <laughs> I hope you decide to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a break over the holidays, <laughs> and then we'll see what 2012 holds. Let me ask you a question. Why is the album called uh, 13 Satellites? Well, um, it uh, there's a song on the record called uh, Satellite, and uh, at, at, for a long time the album was called um, um, 13 Songs, and then uh, you know I kind of started to play with the idea of, uh, of you know 13 satellites in the digital age. You know, I I view it as a record, but you know in the digital age, you know songs get put up or you know records get put up on iTunes, and they're kind of piecemealed out like satellites and they go flying off in different directions so uh it kind of seemed to to uh to to make sense and it just it kind of had a cool ring to it it sounded cool that's it that's the, that that's it it's as simple <laughs> as that it sounded cool matthew you're supposed to lie to us here on the show you have this epiphany at a spa or riding a horse it came to me in a, in a, it came to me in a dream. It was a red velvet cake. <laughs> Very nice. You know what? Actually, that with, with Yellowbird, I was, it was bugging me. I couldn't think of the song, and I think I've just thought of it. That it reminds me of a group that I love. They were kind of a one-hit wonder, though. You remember the Dream Academy that had that song "Life in a Northern Town"? Yeah. That kind of very yes. lush feel to it is kind of what Yellowbird is evocative of to me, and I absolutely love that song. Well, thank you. Call up. Yeah, it was, you know, we wanted it to have an otherworldly feel. Yeah. Yeah, well, this is like the blizzard. (laughs) Wow, that was fast. Yeah, he's quick on the... uh... Well, there's a a lushness and sort of an orchestral feel that kicks in beyond that. But let's focus on Brandon's movement. I don't uh, like music. Brandon. I'm going to watch this to, video now. We don't, we don't have to watch the Dream Academy. <laughs> Good night, everybody. But I just had a thought. No, it was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So uh, will, can folks see you somewhere soon? As a matter of fact, they can. Playing Insert your music, shameless that is. plug. <laughs> um, we're actually hosting a, kind of a quasi little uh, release party for the single here in L.A., on uh, on Thursday night, uh, December 1st, um, at Molly Malone's on Fairfax, um, it's a uh, we've got about five we've got five bands on the bill. It's uh, it's all in the, it's an evening of music to benefit stupid cancer. I'm going to be playing with a string quartet, and we have uh, Patricia Bahia, who's also um, a cancer survivor, is playing uh, the band Mikos and Me, Rachel McGoy, and all became. Um, it's going to be awesome. Silent auction, the whole thing. All where, all proceeds where, where to, uh, on, the stu- to, to, to Stupid Cancer. We love that. So where on yeah. fa- Fairfax is Molly Malone's? Is it anywhere near CBS Studios, like in that um, area, or no? It's, 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 I believe it's just north of, of Wilshire. It's, it's, it's 575 South Fairfax. Okay. Down north by LACMA. All it's right, just, folks. It's just epic. L.A. contingent. Yeah. Head on out Thursday night, December 1st. Brandon, you are. I'd love to see you. You are a rock star, literally and figuratively. 
<laughs> Thank and you, Matthew. And he's not half nuts because he has both his nuts. That's true. That's we can't true. use that's, that joke with him. He's got. He had chesticular cancer. He had chesticular, chesticular cancer. Chesticular cancer that's is, is is awesome. I'm going to use that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking it. Gets, your next appearance, the punchline gets rewritten. Epic win for Matthew tonight. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> Brandon, good luck next week. Thank you for everything. Uh, God bless. Take care of yourself. Best of the family. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me, guys. All right. All right Brandon, shot, everyone. That's a pretty song. I love that yellow He's bird. the man. He's just the man. All right, well, let's uh, get to our next guest. I got Laura, right? Yes, you do. She's all me. All right. In 2011, San Diego singer-songwriter Laura Rope released her sophomore album, I'm Still Here, a collection of songs she wrote during and immediately after chemo for triple negative breast cancer. Following the release of the album, Billboard magazine ranked Laura number three on its chart at the top 50 emerging artists in the world, and Laura remained on the chart for 23 consecutive weeks. UK music magazine Maverick raves that I'm Still Here is a five-star quote-unquote must-have album, and her music video for her survivor anthem, I'm Still Here, has surpassed one million views on YouTube. Pretty cool. Laura's memoir, Rockin' the Pink, Finding Myself on the Other Side of Cancer, will be released in March 2012. Welcome, Laura Rope. Laura. Hi. I am so excited to have you on the show tonight. Thank you. I'm so excited to be on the show. If only because I don't have to make up a horrible pun like chesticular cancer. Oh, I know. It really relieved you of all of that kind of I know. Of I, my brain can go to sleep now. <laughs> we've, done a, we've done a lot of breast cancer jokes, I'm sure, along the way, but... We can take a pass tonight. Have we? I don't um, know. Hit me with a couple. I haven't really heard really it. jokes. Maybe like people punch. are too scared to say those to me. Right. Well, this <laughs> kind of, the, my favorite is like, you know, as a fellow breast cancer survivor, the, the kind of like the T-shirts that say, you know, yes, they're fake. The real ones tried to kill me. Ah, uh, yeah. Thing, you know? <laughs> nice. <laughs> right. Nice. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, Laura, I've known you a long time now, and it's been I, I I almost feel remiss and apologetic that we haven't gotten you on the show anytime sooner. But maybe the timing wasn't right because now you have so much amazing stuff behind you. To yeah, like, now you are, is the time. Now you are a million views on. What is that like? How does that feel? A million views on YouTube. You know what? I I'm not gonna lie. It feels amazing. Like, <laughs> just, right. on the screen, right? And you're just sitting there trying to be philosophical and say it's meaningless, it does, It feels so good to think that a million people, or one person a million times, yes, that sat there actually. and watched right. my video, you know? It's pretty awesome feeling. Kenny Kane here is going to post the uh, link in the in our chat room here, just because a million's not enough. And, and Thank you. How soon after um, the album came out did Billboard rank you? How many days or weeks was that? Um, a couple months. It was a couple months after I had, quote, released it. Right. You know, but what is that these days? But that's still an epic win. It's pretty epic when you look on Billboard and you see your name on a list, any list that's headed by Billboard. It feels surreal. It feels feels like arriving for me. Who was number two and number one? We got to go kill them. (laughs) Yeah, let's go kill those people. All of them. No, uh, they know, haven't had cancer, so let's do it. We'll show them no. the two dollar waffle iron at Walmart. We'll <laughs> go after that. No, we'll, we'll get we'll go after them with pepper spray. Right, the exactly. guys That's the at black. number one and number two are like way beyond. You know, these guys have like worldwide followings that are just astronomical. They're like these funny guys. You know, like right. funny. Funny guys, and I can't really match up with funny guys. Very well, well, what's so what's so crazy and cool is that you were a litigator. Let's go back and go over your history here. <laughs> 
a <laughs> litigator and then the breast cancer. So fill us in here. Backtrack a bit and tell us your story. Yeah, okay. So I went to theater school at UCLA, so I was always kind of an artsy type. But right after school at UCLA, I decided to go to law school because that's what my family does. We go to law school. Plus, my then-boyfriend was going, who has become my husband. Uh-huh. So it felt very natural for me to go to law school. But what happened was I did very, very well in law school, and I only <laughs> say that as part of this story. Is she that, doesn't suck at anything. No. <laughs> no, no. It's this. It's that when you do well in something academically, for me, it caused me to go into passive mode. I thought, oh, okay. And then, you know, the offers from the law firms came, and they were good offers because I had done well. And I just never stopped and really took a gut check. What do I want? It was right. more just like greed. Like, oh, <laughs> this is easy. And then off I went. And then, you know, a day and a month becomes a year and a year and a year. And then suddenly you've been a lawyer for a decade. And I... So where were you? Were you at a big firm then in L.A.? Yeah, I was at a big firm in San Diego. San Diego. And great firm, great people. You know, doing well, not really questioning much, having my babies, having my happy family, making a good living. It really took a little while before suddenly I realized, wait a minute, who the hell am I? What am I doing? You know, like where's my spark? People are fighting over money, and that's my life, is helping people fight over money. That's how it felt. And so I don't want to paint it with a brush like I sat there every day miserably. You know, you just go on with life, and you do sure. your thing, and you have your happy days, and you have your bad days. But I was pen- I was holding in so much angst because it was so contrary to my nature, which is really kumbaya, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. can't we all just get along? And so what happened You didn't was, find a lot of kumbaya lawyers? Not too many. <laughs> I not think that Facebook group has three people. <laughs> but more than you'd think. There's a lot of really cool people who yes. are lawyers, but you have to put on your, bull, your pit bull face a lot of the right, time. Right. But behind the scenes are you know, some really cool people. But at any rate, so to fast forward, I was looking for a spark in my life, so I ran a marathon. And when I crossed and the marathon... And she runs to... Oh, forget it. You have to get off the air now. <laughs> oh, no. You make us feel so bad about ourselves. Not even a half marathon. She ran a whole marathon. Right. I did. It's not like I was, you know, clocking any records, so don't worry. Mm. And when I crossed the marathon finish line, I said, you know what? Something in me rearranged, and I said, I have to sing again. I have to be that creative girl again. So I joined a band that did, like, weddings and everything, and that taught me a lot about live performance again and kind of got my confidence back, which led me to... Uh, rec- write and record an album, and within a couple weeks of releasing my first album, I got my diagnosis. So that kind of tells you, like, my arc. I was, like, ready to burst back onto the scene, ready to reclaim myself, rather ready to put my stake down, and then, boom, I got the diagnosis. And that just shattered everything, but in a good way, too, because that very day I called my law firm and I said, hey, I quit. And they were like, oh, take as much time as you need. We're here for you. We're waiting when you get back. And I said, I'm never coming back. Thank you. I'm never coming back. And I had no qualms about it, and I've never looked back. Wow. You know, I'm on your website now and looking at your you, – you have your memoir coming up, which we're going to talk about, Rocking the Pink. Well, first, actually, let's just talk about that. So you, so you got the diagnosis. You found out triple negative. You went through treatment of surgery, chemo. Tell us what, uh, what your treatment was. Surgery, chemo, radiation. And when One I breath, came, both breaths? Uh, actually, lumpectomy. Lumpectomy, okay. And, and nodes, and nodes. Right. And, um, you know, it's like, ah, uh, I get a lot of people looking at me and going, really? You know, like worried for me that I made that decision that way, but we shall see. Um, and anyway, so I, I, 
I got out of my treatment. Now we're talking, where am I? Now I'm in the middle of 09. And yeah. I immediately went to the U.K. and I did a tour there um, and had some success there. got on some big BBC radio shows and I thought, hey, I can do this. Came back and in 2010... Um, and then at the end of um, 09, I won an award at the LA Music Awards, which really boosted my confidence. It was a song, song of the year. And yeah. then I, in 2010, I recorded my album with my cousin Matthew Embry, who's the front man for RX Bandits. And yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but look them up. You will fall in love, and you should buy all their albums. They are amazing. I, RX I, Bandits. Seriously, RX Bandits. They're Sounds amazing. Sounds very familiar. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. And he's a genius, my cousin. So what happens is he's on the road 10 months out of the year. So he would come back from Australia from part of their world tour, and we would hurriedly, you know, record. And then he would go back off, and then he would come back, and then we'd record. Then he'd go back off, and we'd record. So in the off times when I wasn't recording my album, I'm Still Here, my second album, I was feeling really pent up. I had all this creativity. So I would just sit down and start writing a book. And, you know, my husband was like, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> you know, you need to rest. But um, plus we have two little kids, so they'd be asleep, and then I'd write till like 4 a.m. So I have to concede I wasn't particularly healthy, but I had to get it out. Yeah. And I was just getting it out. At that time, I still had, I'm sure you can relate, I still had that, oh, I might still die, you know, feeling. And I just wanted to make my mark in case I wasn't around, I guess, subconsciously. Wow. I didn't have any thoughts that the book was actually going to be something I was going to try to market commercially or or spread around the world, you know? That wasn't why I wrote it. Can I just backtrack to one thing you said? Because when you mentioned that you had your surgery, you said you had a lumpectomy and chemo and radiation and that some people said uh, or sort of questioned your decision. Did you have an option where some doctor saying have a full mastectomy or I just want to go back to your reason for saying that? Oh, yeah. Well, um, you know, when I'm talking to fellow cancer survivors, I feel like there's a shorthand. People are going to question your decisions with your treatment from the outside all the time. I don't know if you can relate to that at all, or maybe some of the listeners can, but I didn't have any medical professional disagreeing with my choice at all. Um, And I felt that statistically the route I was going for my kind of cancer and for having the radiation on top of it and the chemo, I was statistically just as fine. Yeah, but, your, pro- your protocol is, is very standard. It's not like it's something out of the ordinary or risky. I mean, far more lumpectomies, chemo, and radiation are done today than, than full-on mastectomies. Right, it's the new but a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people feel that the, the safest route is to just take it all off. And I don't have the gene, so right. if I did, I would have made a different decision. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't have any reason not to, but I guess I'm just... I guess what you're detecting is a slight bit of insecurity, um, not in my decision within me, but I'm so used to parrying the questions. Like, really? Are you yeah. sure about that? You, you. I hmm. understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So totally you get that a lot, and um, I, I sleep well at night. But yeah. I yeah. understand people are worried for me. I want to get to the uh, the, the song because I mean I'm a I was a concert pianist and I lost my left hand when I was diagnosed with brain cancer. Gave up my entire uh, music career and managed to write solo piano music like five years later when I was able to rehabilitate myself. No thanks to any help from anyone in the medical community. So <clears throat> I remember. Wait a minute, I have to I have to pause here. And you're trying to prop me up, man. You're the hero in this conversation. No, you're the guy no, that I, no one can stand up next to. Okay, I have five deep. views on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe six, and they're of my kids. So. <laughs> 
Um, they're all from his dad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, my, my dad from five different computers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I threw myself a five-year cancer anniversary party called Not Dead Yet. <laughs> I'm still here. And mm-hmm. when I read your your album, like it's that irreverence. It's that like you know, bitch slapped the cancer in its face because it didn't own you, and grab back what it tried to steal from you. You know, that's what I love so much about the creative spirit of the the younger survivors out there in this country. We just we really just flip it the bird no matter what happens, mm-hmm. and it's all about just that that angsty, irreverent, in your face spirit. Um, I, it just resonated with me so much when I saw that because like I did that, I was I'm through my I'm still here party. That was awesome. Uh, so what kind of response have you gotten from uh, say like the the breast cancer community or the the survivor community have have, have has this been uh, spread out amongst the uh, the minions? You know what I'm. This is why I'm doing this. This is what makes me so proud. I put up that video. I'm still here. And I was contacted by a woman who works at UCSF in their cancer center. And she said, would it be all right with you when I go speak at the American Cancer Society if I use your video? Because she said, your video promotes positive survivorship better than anything I could ever say or anything else I've ever shown. Oh, how great. It it was amazing. So to answer your question, I mean, I get emails and messages from people who see it and they say, this is, you know, in a small way, I'm not trying to overstate my place in the universe, but they say this today makes me smile and feel like I can keep going. Or if they've lost their mom to breast cancer, they've written to say, my mom is smiling from heaven that you are pushing forward with your message of hope for everybody else, you know? So Boom. let's get to the song. Great feeling. Thanks. Let's get to the song. Uh, this is the the cover song, the uh, the, the uh I'm still here from I'm still here, right? Right, title, title track. The title songs. See, I'm not a really musician anymore. I should know these terms. I used to know these <laughs> the terms. Title track, Matthew. The title That's track right. in the album. Yes, thank you. Laura All right, Pez. here it is. I'm still here.
damn. Undeniable. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love the, like, almost like cacophony of guitars in the beginning because it's like, Argh! You're, like, really getting that point across before we even hear your voice. Yeah. What a great I, song. Thank you. Oh, it's exciting for you to play that. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, that and I love was... I love looking at this video too, which is like this great parody of all these great MTV videos that you recognize over the years on your website here. Mhm. Oh, that was so fun. I, you know what? I'm shocked that we even got me with a straight face at any given moment. In that video. <laughs> <laughs> I was just rolling so, around. Laughing. All right. So listen, there's even more here because we well, alluded to your book, Rocking the Pink, and on your website. It's funny because the first thing I thought of when you, with triple negative breast cancer, I thought Robin Roberts, very high profile person who has triple negative mm-hmm. breast cancer. Sure enough, yeah. I'm on your website here. <laughs> She's given you a blurb and reviewed your book, Robin <laughs> Roberts from GMA. I know, huh? Oh my God. Fierce. It's, it's let, amazing. Let, I'm going to read this. I wish. Now, okay. this is actually Robin Roberts. You got right, it yes, in his. Right? I, actually, says, it's a woman named Robin Roberts. Her, her, she's not related at all. No, I'm just totally teasing. <laughs> Go ahead. And Go ahead. Robin Roberts, uh, who also has triple negative breast cancer survivor, says, I wish Laura's book was available when I battled breast cancer. It's inspirational, authentic, and incredibly humorous. She's not only a survivor, she's a thriver. Rock on, Laura, rock on. That's from Robin <laughs> Roberts. And then she's got Jack Black. This is, yeah. this is, you got Jack Black, the actor? You're That's hanging right. with Jack Black. Yeah, I went to UCLA theater school with him. There you go. And Jack Black says, gripping, funny, creative, and courageous, rocking the pink is a winner. <laughs> She's got two celeb endorsements right there. Tell Jack Pretty I awesome. said hi. <laughs> I will. You know what? Also, Mark Hudson, who won a Grammy for producing or writing a song for Aerosmith. He's produced Ringo Starr, Ozzy Osbourne. He's yep. written an amazing blurb for my book. I mean, I am blessed. And for anyone out there who's thinking that I just, you know, was one of these people that this was obviously going to happen to because I have some sort of, I don't. I'm just like, I'm just a schlub driving a minivan. You're just a girl. Going, you know? Yeah, I'm just a girl wanting a boy to say I love you. I'm just riding my minivan to the courthouse and, you know, doing my life and trying to run my little marathon. And, you know, and then I get cancer and then look what unfolds from it. It's yeah. just like, you know, it's the classic. I'm so sorry to say this cliche, but it's like lemons turning into lemonade, like, in the biggest possible way. It's just and you've made it to the stupid cancer show. Yeah, I know. I'm it's arrived. all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am very honored to be on this show. This is a really big honor. Thank you. We're thrilled to have you. I'm sorry it's I didn't uh, meet up with you when I was in San Diego or with uh, Kenny earlier this year. We had, oh, we had a great well. time in the blackout. Yeah. Oh, is that when you were here? Yeah, it was like the eighth or the ninth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was the eighth. We yeah we, we came to San Diego blackout. Oh, yeah. did September. you do that? They sucked all the energy out of this. <laughs> it's our fault. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Lights out. Exactly. Well, I think we've got ourselves a new music ambassador to the Stupid Cancer brand. Yes, we do. We are stoked. This is an amazing song. Whether she song. wants to be one or not. You, you, you have no choice, she's actually. She's appointed. Yes, exactly. Really? Yeah. Wow. Really? She's Thank taking you. it seriously. <laughs> of course. Well, We'd love to have you. you. You are the embodiment of why we exist. It's not about the cure. It's about your life. It's how you get busy living and how you stick a finger in the face of the people who said you'd never do it. Thank you. That means everything to me. I'm so honored. I mean, I'm really thrilled. Thank you. And you have to come to Vegas. Oh, yeah, you, you don't have to ask me twice. Let's go, baby. Oh, yeah. 
You could, there, well, OMG Summit. You have to come to the OMG Summit March in Vegas. March 30th, 31st, April 1st. There you I'm go. Coming. Picture. I'm coming. Well, Brandon's coming. Uh, a bunch okay, of other I'm musicians coming. and friends. Are, all right. OMG2012.org. Yes. Check yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, I know all about it. And you know yeah. what? My book is coming out in March, March 6th. Perfect so timing. Perfect timing for me. Awesome. I'm coming. All right. Awesome. Laura, you are literally and figuratively a rock star. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Long time coming, but the timing is perfect. Thank you for having me. You guys are the best. Thank Congratulations you. Congratulations on your survivorship of stupid cancer. Thank you. You too. All right. All right, Laura. Laura okay. Thank Be you good. so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Nine fifteen, Matt. All right. That is it. Prepare what a great show. You know, we, we didn't actually finish Melinda. I want to give Melinda like three more minutes to talk about kicking people's asses. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had to cut you off and Lindsay we called did. in. But I we really, did. You intrigued me so much. I have to hear about kicking people's asses. And has going through cancer just made you punch a little harder yeah it it definitely has because you kind of get the mentality you're like well i survived cancer i can i can do anything it's it's just it it's one of those things that i think uh it it kind of forces you sometimes to push yourself further physically like i never ever would have run a half marathon before this i am i'm so not a runner and like last year i remember kenny posting on facebook like hey we need people to run the half marathon i'm like all right i'll i'll give it a try join me in my misery (laughs) (laughs) but you're well you look great you ever get that but you look great yeah well because also like part of the thing for me was because my treatment was surgery i didn't have chemo or radiation or you're not a real survivor yeah i got plenty of that i know they can ridiculous um exactly (laughs) Um, so there were a lot of people who like didn't realize that I had, you know, that I had cancer, and because also because I was in this situation where I, I uh, since I was told I wasn't going to die or anything like that, there were some people that I didn't that I didn't tell because I didn't want to burden them with it, like like friends of mine and things like that that I maybe didn't see all through that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. burden them. <laughs> but yeah. it was just because I didn't want people to yeah. worry. I understand. So. Not really, but okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, again, amazing show. I'm pumped. This is good stuff. This is why we do the show. It's all good stuff. All right. So let's hit up our closing sequence. But before then, just Every a quick. moment is brought to you by Immerman Angels. Be well, number it's one. It's been too long since we played that clip. It, 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 our friend Johnny Immerman from Immerman Angels. All right. Here we go, folks. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so... To all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you got it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. All right, everybody, that is tonight's show, our 207th broadcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at stupid cancer. I'd like to thank our guests in studio here, Mr. Kenny Kane, Dr. Reverend James Manning, Melinda Hood in studio here, Lindsay Miller, Brandon Shaw, and Laura Rapay. Next week's show, it's a big one, folks. Scott Hamilton and the Cleveland Clinic. Scott Hamilton, that's the Scott Hamilton who won a U.S. Olympic gold medalist in figure skating. And he's a broadcaster. You know him, you love him. World-famous skater and pituitary brain tumor survivor Scott Hamilton. He joins us next week, as does Trent Thomas, young adult survivor of testicular cancer. 
and a fourth angel mentor. He'll tell us what that is. Aaron Shaw, young adult survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma, also a fourth angel mentor. We'll learn all about that. And in the spotlight, Charlie Luffman, a young adult survivor of osteosarcoma, also a singer-songwriter and writer-producer of Made Me Nuclear. And he's going to be here live in studio, playing live in studio. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, folks, if you missed any of our past shows, download them all for free anytime on iTunes at iTunes.stupidcancer.com or check out the archives at stupidcancershow.com. Remember, if it ain't stupid, it ain't cancer. Live from the chemo deck, on behalf of Lisa Bernhardt, myself, and our whole team here at Stupid Cancer Show, have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye.